Why are police photographing our license plate? What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Good afternoon. This is the Reasonable Voices News Radio Talk Program, and I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. Our guest today is Avery Summers, an award-winning actress-singer whose voice has been called a powerhouse by the New York Times, no less. She was honored to replace Neil Carter on Broadway in Ain't Misbehavin'. On national tour, she delighted audiences as Matron Mama Morton in Chicago with Cheetah Rivera and Joel Gray, and charmed them as Jewel in the best little whorehouse in Texas with Anne Margaret. In case you missed Broadway actress-singer Avery Summers in New York City, October 31st, appearing in the Cabaret Convention, or the Laurie Beecham Theatre singing love songs, Broadway songs, and great medley of memorable 60 songs, take heart. You can see her on March 19th at Feinstein's 54 Below. Welcome back to The Reasonable Voices, Avery. How are you today? Oh, my gosh, I'm well, and thank you for that great build-up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know you're going to live up to it, so here we go. <laughs> thank- I guess I'd better. Yeah. This is wonderful. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of the show today. Oh, it's my pleasure. You know that, professionally and personally. We'll talk a lot about Feinstein's 54 Below coming up in March, probably in the second segment. But in the last time we talked in the city that never sleeps... You continually, it sounds like 24-7, it seems, in Florida. So what have you been doing in Florida since we last spoke? How's that for a question? (laughs) That's a great question. Well, I actually have been quite busy. After I left New York and the uh, Cabaret Convention and my shoulder at Laurie Beachman, I came back and actually had a production of a show called Grab Your Coat and Get Your Hat. Mm -hmm. It's the life. Life and lyrics of Dorothy Fields. You know, she was an amazing writer of songs, and she wrote over 400 songs that people probably do not know that she actually did. And I will just name a couple of them okay. on the funny side of the street. I'm in the mood for love. I can't give you anything but love. I mean, she just had 
she was quite prolific, mm-hmm. and she was a great collaborator with a lot of wonderful uh, writers. And so she uh, was never really given the kudos, so to speak, mm-hmm. for a woman in the in the twenties and thirties and forties, uh, and when she started out. So a friend of mine absolutely fell in love with her and asked me to direct this piece. So I did. And it, it just, it was a one night performance and it was excellent. Excellent, I must say, but I'm, I'm really pleased with the work that I did. Well, I know you have been directing. When when did you start that? Because when I first met you eons ago, <laughs> when, yes. we were just, when we were just teenagers. <laughs> but um, I mean, well, of course you were all over Broadway and national tours, so I don't know if you had time to direct, but when did you start directing and is that an equal love now or, or what? Well, it is an equal love now, but I'll tell you, my sister Betty Waldron had a theater called Quest Theater, and you know about that. Yes, yes. And she was very instrumental in getting me to do the things that she thought that I had the potential to do. Mm-hmm. And she would give me shows to direct. She let me choose the show, the actors. I had to create everything about the theater piece and, and all of that. And this goes back to the 90s when, uh, you know, she had her theater in West Palm Beach. And it was really a wonderful second love because my first love was doing musical theater mm-hmm. but it was a second love that she actually helped me to you know define and create and nurture so it, it, it's been a bit now that I've been in love with doing it but the opportunities have not really presented themselves very often so I've always harkened back if you will to doing musical theater and keeping myself busy that way. Well, <laughs> that, that's putting it mildly. Keeping yourself busy, uh, you are you are appearing, uh, of course, in in West Palm Beach and Palm Beach and Florida, of course, uh, but you also in New York City. And people are talking about you everywhere. You get great press. I mean, uh, I, I guess you could call it keeping yourself busy. <laughs> but you know, my relationship with your sister Betty Waldron, God bless her. I um. I too learned from Betty, and I'd been directing for decades when I met her. And she, as a matter of fact, I directed Betty a couple of times, and she had kept mentioning this show, Charcoal Sketches, and she wanted to talk to me about it. But um, when she told me about it, and that it was about the Harlem Renaissance, and people, forgive me, at the time, I had not heard of, knew very little. I mean, I'd heard of Zora Neale Hurston, of course, but... I, I didn't know much about the characters. And I said this to her, and I never will forget what she said to me. Don't worry, boy. I'll teach you. <laughs> and, she, and she did, you know. I mean, she she certainly put herself completely in my hands as a director because we were reworking something that she had written and produced on a number of occasions already. Uh, but yeah. but as as a student of history, particularly Black history, um, mm-hmm. uh, she I was I was in her hands, and she taught me uh, she taught me things that we all should have known, and I definitely should have known prior to meeting Betty. But you know, people come into our lives for many reasons, so that certainly was one of them. Yeah, Miss her, I know you do too. Okay. Oh my gosh! Every single moment of every day, yes. that comes to my mind for some reason, and. Uh, 
So I, I just posted on uh, one social media, Facebook, uh, of, a, of a, a photo that she is in with Ossie Davis and Ruby D. Oh. So if you have a chance today to go to that, you'll see that. And uh, it's just a wonderful memory that I have of her and the two of them. Excellent. Well, as long as we're talking about Facebook, what is your Facebook uh, address? AveriSummers.com, I think it is. I don't know exactly because I just go there. I don't really know how to do that. I, uh, somebody set that up for me years ago, and, you know, I'm, I'm a student of and a kid from the 60s and 70s. So these children nowadays in the 90s and the 200s, as we are the 2020s, yeah. man, they can rattle that stuff off just like so. But uh, I'm on Facebook, and, and you'll see Avery Summers, and, and that's me. So if anybody wants to go to Facebook and friend me or whatever, they can find me that way. Okay, and of course, Avery Summers, that's A-V-E-R-Y-S-O-M-M-E-R-S.com is your yes. website as well. So yes. Uh, yes. If, if you don't find her on Facebook, you will find her by going through the website. And I and, yeah. and no apologies necessary, at least not on this radio show, because I remember <laughs> ages ago when I when we first uh, some friends and and I went to a, a mall and we didn't see the usual directory and this thing uh -huh. that was sitting there. I hadn't a clue, and, and the lady who was with me said, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And she was a very accomplished soap opera writer, by the way. It was not like she was some dummy. But um, I said, don't worry, let me find a child. And there was a mother walking by with a 10-year-old, and I said, can we ask your son a question? And he comes over, and I we told him what we wanted, and he went two taps, and there we were. I went, okay, that's it. That's the wave of the future. That's it. Okay. That's the wave of the future. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so you're in rehearsal for something now. I called to invite you to be on the show and caught you about to go into rehearsal. What What are you rehearsing now? Yes, I am in rehearsal. There's a show that a fellow singer here, cabaret performer here, he and I are doing a show. Now, we are a part of a new cabaret series called the After Dinner Series. Hmm. Uh, some of your listeners may be aware of the Colony Hotel in Palm Beach. Oh, yes. Uh, that's, uh, yes. And the Royal Room was the brainchild of this fellow by the name of Rob Russell. Well, uh, they have closed that room now, and it's unfortunate because it was a destination for just about every cabaret performer in the country, and people in Europe, too, would come here. And so in the last couple of years, we've been looking around for a new venue, and just recently, a new venue opened up in North Palm Beach, which is just about 10 minutes north of where I live, mm -hmm. and this new series has been created, and Rob and I are doing the inaugural show oh, wow. for that series, and it's March 3rd, so we are calling it We Love Being Here With You. I love it. Yeah. Well, well, tell us, it's, what's the name of the space, first of all, again? It's the North Palm Beach Country Club. Ah, okay. And, uh, yes. Yes, I, yes, I know about that. Wow. That's right, and it had been sitting there for a while, and it's been renovated now, yeah. and it's absolutely gorgeous. And you are doing, and your show is called We Love Being Here With You? Yes. All yes. right. Yes. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, how long have you guys been working together, and when did you meet and all that? Well, Rob 
uh, had me as a guest artist in the Royal Room starting in, let me see, 2008. So I was in his room every year for eight years until 2016 when the room closed. Uh So uh, that's how we met. But we've always, he's here, I'm here, and here meaning in West Palm Beach. Yes. And we have seen each other, and I've been a guest on different shows that he's put together, and we've always talked and laughed and enjoyed, so that when my producer decided to put this series together and open this new cabaret space, he said, wow, I think that you and Rob would be the perfect combination to open this new cabaret space. So that's how, and so we started about four weeks ago just simply talking about how we were going to structure the show and what songs we would do, and we are just having a fabulous time putting this show together. Fantastic. So it's a two-person show? Yes, it is. Okay. What we're doing, what we're doing is Last year, in 2019, was the centennial of Nat King Cole. Yes. And so we're doing a little tribute to him and uh, just some of his iconic songs. I mean, just the most iconic songs that he ever did that mm. maybe people didn't know that he wrote or that he sang, but yes, they'll hear it and go, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that this was who we're talking about here and so we're doing that and then Jerry Herman we just passed we just passed yes and we're doing a wonderful uh, little section in our show to him and we're doing some of the music of Dorothy Field so the show is really structured around all of these amazing songs that we've each done individually in our show yes but now we're putting them together and creating a couple of duets and things like that, but not just the, the normal way of doing it. Gotcha. We've got a fellow by the name of Bobby Pico, who is fantastic. He's an arranger. He's a pianist extraordinaire, and he comes out of New York. And so cabaret is his genre, and he's helping us to really create what we all love about this particular show. Wow, I may need to meet him. You do, uh, yeah. You know, uh, really, because, you know, I'm working on a couple of things we've talked about. Uh, I was just wondering, this is, uh, it sounds like also your new show, which is opening March 3rd, let's remind everyone, mm-hmm. is going to include songs by people who we may know and have heard of, but they're songs that we didn't know that people had composed. Is that, is that uh, uh, yes. accurate? Yes, that's that's accurate to a great degree, and mainly that's accurate about Dorothy Field. Uh, yeah. uh, because, you know, as I said, she was a, a woman, she was born in 1904, uh. and she passed away in 1974, so she had a long life. Yes. And she had a lot of amazing songs, but people do not know that she wrote those songs. And, and there again, the big spender, no business like show business, yeah. and anything you can do, I can do better. I mean, just fabulous songs that people absolutely love but uh, yeah yes a lot of them that nobody knew or knows who wrote them uh, they only heard them every once in a while and they didn't have a clue about you know who wrote them so uh, we're sort of tipping our hat to, to those yes people. and I, I think mm-hmm. that's I think that sounds like that's largely true as well for Nat King Cole we know him as a singer of course and, and of course a, yeah. a pianist but as a composer I don't know that uh 
I don't know that we know that much about him, uh, do we? No, we don't. We, no, we don't. Uh, not, you're right, as a composer. And he just, he, you know, he started out with just playing piano, you know. Yes. And uh, and then he would sing, and they go, oh, okay, so he sings. Well, what else does he do? Okay, so let's give him a show. So he had a show on TV, I think it was back in the 60s, yes. uh, where he would have guests and, and uh, sing with them and sing duets and things like that. Mm-hmm. So he was also known in his groups, so to speak, yes. as a composer. But for the most part, the public only knew him as a pianist and as a singer. Well, we're going to change all that on March 3rd. Tell us where <laughs> again and, and time and how do we get tickets? All right. Well, the time of the show is at 8 o'clock. And what it is, it's called Cabaret After dinner and so what they want people to be able to do is go to their own place to eat because a lot of places now they insist that you have dinner there and a lot of people don't like that and they don't want to do that so now it's going to be that you can go to dinner wherever you like and then come and have dessert and coffee at this new venue before the show starts so that's what it's called the show is at eight o'clock it's in the new North Palm Beach Country Club. And let me see, what else do I need to tell you? Oh, yes, to buy tickets. The person to call is Claire, C-L-A-R-E, Coco, C-O-C-O. And her mobile number is 978-269-2000. Excellent. Okay, that's terrific. We're going to take a short break now. We should mention, I hope we'll have time to talk briefly at least about the next segment that you have performed at Carnegie Hall and, of course, with the Palm Beach Symphony Orchestra and the Kravitz Center. We'll mention those, but we do want to, to have a conversation about Feinstein's 54 Below in New York City, where Avery Summers, our guest today, will be performing March 19th. Stay with us. We'll be right back. There's a lot more to cover. It gets more and more exciting the more we're together. And now, Broadway's Avery Summers. Come here 
Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio Program. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, and my guest today is award-winning actress-singer Avery Summers. We've been talking, uh, you know, it's not just because I love Avery dearly, we just, but when we talk, we, we talk about so many things because we have so much in common and we're always glad to hear about what each other is doing, but, but also this woman is incredibly busy doing marvelous things and maybe we will only touch on the fact that she has also appeared at Carnegie Hall and, and worked with the, uh, the Palm Beach Symphony Orchestra and performed at the Kravitz Center, and that's just recently. <laughs> I, I mean, things are happening. But you were telling me uh, during the break that you are about to receive an award in April. Tell us about that. Yes, uh, the award is for the musical theater department of the National Society of Arts and Letters, and I've been a member of this wonderful society for about seven years, Hmm. but they've been around for a very, very long time, and they encourage young people, mainly young women, uh, in theater, in voice, uh, directing, performing of all kinds, and this year they are um, awarding young ladies and young men in the musical theater department and because i've done theater uh over the years they reached into their own organization the one that i'm involved with Mm -hmm. and they decided to give me a musical theater award this year so that's pretty amazing yes april 19th (laughs) april 19th and is that also in palm beach or Yes, it is. Okay. It's, it's right here in West Palm Beach, and it's at the Kravis Center. Oh, well, okay. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I think, yes, it's. I can't remember, maybe it was, in, I guess Betty and I did our, our show at Broward Center, not the Kravitz Center. So, But in any case, both are great facilities and venues to work yes. in, and, uh, you know, wild gee gosh to you, and congratulations, and so forth. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. I must say that apparently this is my year for awards because there's another award that uh, I've been nominated for, and it's called the Giraffe Award. Oh, yes. And it's for for women who stick their necks out in the community. (laughs) And so they've nominated me for that, for arts and culture. So I'm being nominated for that, and they've got a big function coming up, a big gala coming up on March 25th. So when I leave New York from March 19th at 54 below, then I'll come back and get myself all situated to receive the Giraffe Award. And that's after, by the way, opening on March 3rd, North then, North Palm Beach. Yes, that's and, right. Then we will travel to New York on the 16th of March. We is my producer, and I will meet with my musical director on the 18th. We have rehearsal on the 18th of March. And my show, my solo debut, is in Michael Feinstein's 54 Below, March 19th. And I'm just bubbling with excitement. Well, it's an amazingly beautiful place. And, of course, has a has a tremendous uh, reputation of its its quality yeah. and, and, of course, of, of the talent that it produces in there. So... Uh, you are, um, you know, but you've been at Carnegie Hall, so hey. But, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean. You, you are, you are. I, I often say, you know, you can't say Avery is 
has arrived because she keeps on arriving <laughs> at all these marvelous oh. venues. I mean, you know, they oh, they you. seek you out, and as well they should. Are you? Uh, will your usual musical team be there? Your artistic support, like Tom Hubbard, and yes, Don, Tom Hubbard will be there. Dan, Don Don Kelly, uh-huh. and uh, and Dana Rowe is my musical director and pianist, and he is absolutely phenomenal. And that yes, I know, and I I wanted to mention them because I've seen the four of you work so well together. How long have you been yes. working together? It's like hand in glove. Well, yes. Now Dana and I know each other for over twenty years, so mm. that's even when we were in the crib. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we're sticking to it. <laughs> and we're sticking to that story. Yeah. Uh, but I met I met Don uh, Kelly. The day of our rehearsal, which was one day before you actually saw the show in um, the Laurie Beachman Theater. So we, we met for a few hours as well as Tom Hubbard. So, you know, musicians are pretty phenomenal. I yes. mean, they, they can go from show to show to show. And it sounds as if we've rehearsed for weeks and weeks because they can pick that music up and put their hearts and souls into it and make it come out the way each performer wants it to sound. So that's what we did. We had a, a three or four hour rehearsal the day before the performance, and that was it. Oh, wow. That is doubly uh, impressive then. I mean, uh, you know, you, you got to be able to read music, sight read, but, but as you yes. say, it, it wasn't just technically wonderful. They really were That's a right. part of the emotion that you were giving to the audience. They very much were. That's oh, right. Uh, very much. Wow. Yes. yes. All right. March 19th is the big day of, of many big days, but in New York City, Feinstein's 54 Below speaks for itself. How did you get this opportunity? What happened? How do you feel? I mean, what's going to happen? What are your expectations? Go. Well, the uh, producer, my producer for this March 19th show came to the Lori Beachman Theater, the show that you saw. Uh-huh. He came that night. And the next day, we all left to come back to South Florida because he lived here, too. And he said, my gosh, Avery, you were just amazing. Let's do this show. I would love to produce your show. And I said, oh, gee. I said, where would you think about producing it? He said, in South Florida. I said, that's absolutely wonderful. His name is Sanford Fisher. Uh I said, Sandy, that's really wonderful. I've done this show in South Florida. I want to do it in New York. He picked up the phone that day, sitting in the airport. He called the producer uh, for 54 Below, spoke with her, and said, Avery Summers is a must-see. You've got to give me dates for her. And the next day, he sent me an email saying, I've got some dates for you. So Uh that's how it happened. Uh I've never had anything happen like that before in Marcello, ever in my life. Well, hey when you want to move him with the movers and shakers that's the way it goes and you are certainly yes. in that crowd that's for sure wow well you know it, it's really that's really wonderful and thank you very much and it, as you know 54 Below has hosted everyone from from theater to television to mm. film anybody who thinks that they have something to say or sing about they've hosted those people so I am just really, really thrilled to be amongst all of those icons who've gone in before me. It is. I mean, the it, it's just, it's it's hard to imagine or to match the array of talent 
that has, yeah. uh, you know, has worked at uh, Feinstein's 54 Below. I mean, it's amazing. And I yeah. think Sandy is absolutely correct. You are a must-hear, a must-see, and you belong there. So there. All right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're just going and going. I, I want to make certain before we go, I mean, we certainly have plenty of time to talk, but I want to make certain that people know how to get tickets for Feinstein's uh, 54 Below for March 19th. Right. Well, they have a lovely website for their show, 54 Below, Michael Feinstein's 54 Below website. And you will see a listing of all of the performers for a certain month or a certain time. My show is March 19th, and it's at 9.30 p.m. They usually have two shows in a night. I believe the first show starts at 7, and then the next show starts at 9.30. So when you go to the website, look for March 19th, Avery Summers, 9.30 p.m. Wow. Did we talk about Carnegie Hall? No. You haven't told us. What What was that like, and what did you do? Well, there was a, uh, a show called Christmas Time in the City, oh. and I was asked to to do that show by a friend of mine here who is a, a, a an amazing singer, but he's so also a harpist. And he put me in touch with the producer, who lives in New Jersey, and she invited me to come to sing. Then when I got there and she heard my voice, which I think is really, really adorable of her, mm. she said, you know, you need, you need to be the, the spokesperson. You need to be the person who will introduce everybody for the evening as well as sing. Wow. So that's how I became a part of Christmas time in the city, and we sang, and, and we had different... Um, performers on. They had the original bell ringers, you know, the ones oh, that yes. do all of that gorgeous Christmas music, the bell ringers. It is a phenomenal sound. If you've never heard it, yes. please look out for it during the holidays because it's not to be believed. So, back to uh, 54 Below. Uh, you have not met that producer yet, the, the, the producer in 54 Below? I have not met that producer, but my producer decided that I needed to get in touch with her via email uh -huh. and so that I can create my own relationship with 54 Below hmm. so that if I want to go back in at a different time and he's not available to produce me, then I have a relationship with that person and I can actually put pick up the phone and call or send an email and say, hi, I'm Avery Summers, remember I was there before and I'd like to now bring in my new show or my whatever I'd like to do. You know, that's exactly why I asked that question, so people understand how you have to build relationships in this business. That's right. And that you are well aware of that. And, and I just wanted them to hear how it's done. Your career is, has been amazing. It seems to be getting better and better every day. I mean, you've been on Broadway, you've done national tours, and all that's fabulous. And what I love is that you, you, you're still going. <laughs> still, you, you know what I mean? You're still going strong, an amazing talent. You're directing, producing, yeah. and now that we talk so much and, and see each other more again, finally, after so many years, but that for a long yeah. period of time, when you were in New York, I was in West Palm Beach, and then when I was in New York, you were in West Palm Beach. It's like, gee, <laughs> I know, well, I know. 
What was that all about? I don't know. But we finally got it. <laughs> we finally got together, so it's great. I am so thrilled, Marcello. I really am. This is you are you you have such a, a place in my heart and in my my remembrance of my sister Betty and the things that we laughed and talked about and all of that. It's a, a special little light in my heart that flickers whenever I see you or hear your name, and I'm very serious about that. Well, that's a nice thing to say. I got to keep it together, don't you? <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you, Avery. Yeah. Well, you well you know um, how much your sister meant to me. And um, yeah. she just, um, she was an f- amazing actor. And when I, when she gave me this show that I, I was talking about earlier, Charcoal Sketches, I really did change everything. Uh, and she mm-hmm. went with that. I mean, she had done uh-huh. it at least at least twice. Plus, didn't she direct you in it and send you out on the road to do it, if I remember? Yes, she did. Yeah. She, did. she said, okay, all right, I don't have time to do this, but I've got some dates. So you just have to learn this and go do it. I mean, that's how she was. And, you know, it was, it was very difficult to say no. Karen. Yes. So, well, yes. I learned it, and I did it. Exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, all the more reason for her... To have seen her sister do it, to to have done it herself, to have written it, to produce all of that, and still she turned to me and and said, "What do you what do you think?" And I and I told her what I thought. I don't push myself yeah. on people, but if you ask me, I'll tell you. And then well, yeah. <laughs> and and then you know she just she just took every single thing and ran with it and made it so amazing. I know I've often told uh, the story that. Uh, when she came out and took that pose, she was saying, well, what am I going to do when, when that? Be, uh, because I had her change while we could see her from one character to another. I don't know that we've said yeah. we, she played three different characters, etc. I added a dancer and so forth. Anyway, I said, don't worry, you won't have to, you'll know what to do. And I didn't say anything to her about it, but when she came out and hit that pose, boy, the audience went wild. So yeah. uh, it's like when they, when, when the, Spotlight hits you. I remember every time I've seen you perform, audiences go wild at the very beginning and at the very end of the show. They just, it's so beautiful. And Thank you. I mean, 54 Below, I can't get over it. It's an amazing venue. It's beautiful, physically beautiful, and comes with yeah. such a, a, uh, a, a pedigree of talent. Yeah. Tell me, what are your feelings going into that? And what do you want your audience to get from your performance at 54 Below, but also all those people who want a career, all those women, all those little girls out there listening, what can you tell us? Well, first of all, this show is called For Sentimental Reasons, and it's really based on a song called I Love You for Sentimental Reasons. Mm. And it was my mom and dad's favorite song. My mom and dad met in college in Florida at Florida a And he was a senior and she was a freshman and he was man about town and all of that. And she was this beautiful young girl. They met, they loved to dance. And mm. that became their favorite song. So I fashioned the show basically kind of loosely on that and included a lot of my favorite songs and and uh i kind of grew up on a lot of the 60s songs as as we all did a lot of the bebop i guess 
they would call in the 50s, well, it kind of lent itself to the 60s and all of those great songs. So mm. I put a section in my show with that, but there's also a wonderful group of pretty, I call it pretty music, pretty lyrics, pretty music, love songs, and that's basically what this show is about. It's love songs that you can listen to and come away with, hopefully, a song or two in your heart that yes. you want to keep singing once the show is over. Yes. That, to me, is is a kind of a telling point. But I, I love this kind of music, and it's, it's the easy to listen to, easy to remember, and tugs at your heartstrings kind of music that really lives for me. And we've been talked with about doing a master class in New York, possibly a couple of days before my show oh. on the 19th. So hopefully that will get itself together and I will do a master class, meaning if we have about 10 young people who are interested in doing cabaret, I will ask them to bring in music that I will look with them at, have my pianist go over it with them, and then they will sing for me. And then I will critique, not criticize, critique. Gotcha. That's very different. Yes, yes. And then they will be invited to come to my show and sort of to see how the show is from top to bottom. We'll talk about how to create a show. Wow. That's what I'd love to do. All right, how to create a show. Avery Summers, Broadway actress, award-winning Broadway actress and singer, has built shows from top to bottom and joined shows, national tours, been on Broadway. Oh, we didn't talk about Burt Reynolds. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. I, I just smile and, and I just bubble over with joy because this was a man who came back to his hometown when he got ready to do a TV series and he reached out and asked me to join his cast. Yes. I was young and I always like to say I was green and sort of buttoned up to my neck and down to my wrist, uh, you know, with, with uh, being so green and so new to this business. But he saw something in me that he thought uh, he should help me to cultivate, and he became a great mentor. And I really mean that in every sense of the word. He would show me how to how I would look on camera. He would show me where the camera is looking. Here is where you will be. Here is where you should stand. This is what the camera will see. This is what your face should say. All of those kinds of things that he never, ever said, you need to say it like this. He just gave me the position to be able to help to create myself. And that's why I love him so much. And I was in his class the Friday before he passed away. And oh. I did a scene him. He said, you have something? He would always say, honey, you have a theme for tonight? And I'd say, yes, sir, I've got a theme. I always called him sir, because yes. that's my respect for him. Yes. And uh, I did a scene that night, and he said, okay, I think that was really good. What do you think? I mean, he would always, always want each of us to say how we felt about our work. Yes. Because he, he could say whatever he wanted to, and we would all say, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. But if we felt that it needed to be done over, he said, you have the right to say to any producer, any director, I want to do that one more time. Isn't that a joy oh, to have absolutely. someone say to you, 
that you have the opportunity to do that again. Yes, yes. Yes. That's a beautiful story. I'm so, I'm so glad we, uh, we, we included that. And we must go and uh, we must remember one more time at least, uh, averysummers.com, A-V-E-R-Y-S-O-M-M-E-R-S.com is where you find her. And you won't be able to necessarily catch up with her because she's flying all over uh, the place. Uh, but uh, you can find where to head her off at the pass. How about that? <laughs> That's great. And also visit, please, Michael Feinstein's 54 Below website because Avery will be there on March 19th, 9.30 p.m. And maybe we'll be holding a master class prior to that. Well, Avery, it's been absolutely marvelous. Um, you know I love you. You know I do. And um, always a tremendous pleasure to hear your voice and have a conversation with you, even if we're not on radio. But I'm glad we got this on radio and the whole world will be listening. Avery Summers. Oh, God bless you. God bless you so, so very much. And, and, and just to be able to have the reasonable voice hear me is, is everything that I would love for it to be. And, and I love you too. And I hope you a lot more this year than we have in the past. That's right. We we were doing well there for a while, but a lot of years went. But at least we were both working. Hey, but yes, yes. we got we got to make certain we intersect more often. God bless yes. Avery Summers. Have a marvelous time March nineteenth and all that you're doing Thank before you. that. Okay. Thank you. Thank all right. you. Yes. Thank you. Bye now. Thank you. Bye bye. And now, my friend. Broadway's Avery Summers.
Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us in becoming one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Missing you and us, too. There was little reason for my grandmama to leave her huge farm to go into town a few miles away for groceries, gasoline, farm equipment, overalls, and newspapers. Now I only go back for the funerals and do hear on the breeze what I've missed. I'm not into romanticizing the past. Believing things, for the most part, are always improving. Until G.W. and Cheney, of course. As long as what's new doesn't obliterate what's been with what's coming round the bend. I don't miss Mayberry or my slumlord friends on Shelter Island, but I do miss New York City neighborhoods, walking city blocks, and being constantly in rehearsals for something. I miss Gypsy and Heinrich, best and worst watchdogs respectively. Don't miss Dad and Mom so much as it still feels like they're here. But I do miss people who trim their trees back from power lines, so when the winds come, we keep our A.C. I miss hailing a yellow cab for Carol Channing, strolling Midtown with Colin Dewhurst, and chatting with James Whitmore about the next voice you hear. He said I was too young to have seen it, but while other boys my age were outside playing ball, I was watching old movies on TV. Mr. Whitmore was so proud of the fact that he had made the movie with Nancy Reagan before she met Ronnie. But I told him I would never forget what it felt like when God spoke to him on his radio. I miss that. I miss taking time to tune up with morning prayers and reel-to-reel -reel Gregorian chant. I don't miss fast cars and curvy roads, for that's still how I relax. I miss Jimmy Stewart and Harvey. Yul Brenner and the American Original Six. Gregory Peck, whom Mom told, my son is an actor too. I never miss Florida, except when I think of hurricanes 250 miles offshore pinning me against the lifeguard chair, streaking back my hair with beach sand, my lips rimmed like a margarita glass, and the ocean some distance away lapping occasionally at my toes, as a seagull above makes no headway because of headwinds. I miss the silence that can only be heard without the din, and I miss people who understand the wisdom in that. I miss Marvine's white boots as much as our drama classes. I miss my voice lessons with Wayne and Ernie, and both the Peabody and Baltimore Opera in the days of George Woodhead and Bill Januzzi, the only man who smoked more cigarettes than my 61-year-old brother, just diagnosed with the lungs of an 80-year-old. I miss him already. For me, missing is more happy memories than sad longing. But I do miss not seeing my best friend Lance Thomas Vining. However, I don't miss the Silver Diner, his favorite dining choice. I do miss my annual trips to Europe, but it was a wonderful career that suspended them, so we make our choices. I miss dates on letters even to find telephone numbers on bills, and I miss sleeping more than five hours a night. But most of all, I miss who we were in the sixties. I miss Abraham, Martin, and John, and Bobby, too. Join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Thank you. 
Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Website. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard around the world.